It's the Good Advice Show. We're talking today about those DMs that you get all the time. You know what I'm talking about. That irresistible offer. The thing that comes in that tells you, hey, you got to buy from me or else. All that's on the show and more. If you haven't checked out the podcast, my name's Blake Benz, and this is the Good Advice Podcast. We give you all the tangible, actionable advice that you need to actually run and grow your business. There's no fluff on this podcast, just good advice. But before we jump into our episode today and how all the sales acumen in the world won't save you from a wrong message, we got a quick word from one of our sponsors. Check it out. Here it comes. Are you looking for one of the best places to eat here in Northwest Arkansas? If you're a foodie like me, you have your short list of places where if someone's visiting, you're like, hey, we got to try this place. I want to tell you about Big Sexy Food over in downtown Springdale. And whether you're getting something like just their awesome burger, which if it's me, I'm going to double up on that. Or if you're getting their Nutty Buddy burger with a little crunchy peanut butter on there, the food is always so freaking good. In fact, there's a reason they have so many five-star reviews on Google. One of the reviewers said, I recommend every single person try this restaurant. You can easily close your eyes and randomly point at something on the menu, and I promise it'll be delicious. When's the last time you heard about that from one of your local restaurants? Hey, check it out. Big Sexy Food in downtown Springdale. You can also go to BigSexyFood.com or check them out on social media at Big Sexy Food. Check it out. You won't regret it. So this is another feisty episode where I hit my breaking point for the number of DMs that I am getting on a day-to-day basis. And it's probably not unlike yourself. You're probably getting these DMs constantly. And I think what drives me crazy is not just getting the one DM, but the follow-up DM, the follow-up to the follow-up DM, the follow-up to that one as well. And, you know, honestly, it's, it's, I understand that this is pretty much all AI generated. Um, it's chat botified. Uh, you can know when you get that DM in your inbox, 90% of the time it is an automated message. Uh, and then the follow-up message is also an automated message. Uh, I know this because when I started my business five years ago, I was given basically a deep dive training on using it. And I don't necessarily have any issue with it, by the way. Uh, whenever someone books a call with me, they come on the podcast, what have you, they automatically get an, it's an automated email they get. It says, Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited. Uh, and a friend of mine, when he has people on his podcast, he sends out an automated email that says, you know, beep, boop, I'm a bot. Thanks for coming on, whatever. So I have no problem with using, um, software in this way. In fact, if you're going to scale your business, you're going to have to use it in some way simply because you don't have the time or the space to do this all yourself. The thing, however, that is really driving me crazy, it's 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 the sheer mass of messages that I'm getting, uh, which again, if you're on LinkedIn, if you have an email, you are probably getting the same thing. In fact, now it's spread over to text messaging, which which really drives me crazy. It's like I can't even look at my phone now without you know, having like the sales texts or what have you, but looking at one right now, um, and I want to, I, I don't want to just 
raz on these messages because we're all familiar with them. So, you know, it's the Good Advice Podcast. I want you to be able to walk away with some good advice today. So just basically pointing out that these things are sloppy and they don't create traction for your business. I, I hope that that's not a new insight. I would I would assume you probably know, which which maybe you don't actually, though. I mean, these things are so massively utilized that you might be someone who thinks, hey, can't beat them, might as well join them. This must be, this must actually work. This must be what I need to do. Um, and if that's the case, you're in luck. You don't have to do these things. And I want to be the person to tell you there is a better way, which we're going to talk about. So I got this message today, for example, um, it says, Blake, and here's how it always goes. There's always the the irresistible offer. And it's funny to me how we've lost sight of what these things mean. So there was some marketing course or marketing program, or you went to a webinar or whatever, where a savvy business salesperson said, hey, you want to make sure you have your irresistible offer. And in concept, it makes sense. Offer something that people cannot resist. The the problem, though, is that often we we make that illogical. So here's here's what I mean by this. Okay, let's say that I invited you over for dinner, and I said, "Hey, come join me for dinner. I'll give you a couple of choices for what you want to eat. I can make you hamburger helper." which, you know, not knocking it, <laughs> but if I invited you over to have it, I don't know, maybe you'd judge me. Maybe you'd be like, yeah, what's going on here? Like, where's, where's the, where's the actual food? Where are we going with this? Um, but if I said you can have hamburger helper helper, or you can have a filet mignon that I have, um, slow cooked. I, I put it in a, actually, no, I, I, I seared it in a cast iron pan. I, uh, you know, through some butter and thyme and garlic on it. It's a perfect medium rare. Uh, you know, how does that sound? Which one would you like? Every person's going to choose the filet. Every person other than like, like my wife's vegan, so she's not going to choose it, but like the concept's still true. You know, it, it's funny to me how there are these illogical offers. They, they assume they're irresistible offers, but they're illogical offers because they are offers that no one would ever rightfully say no to. And because of that, my trust in you is at a bare minimum. Does this make sense? Like, it's like here's the offers that come in into the inbox. Hey, Blake, how would an additional $10,000 a week with one simple email sound for your business? How would that sound for your business? Sorry, reading's hard. How would an extra $10,000 a week, would you be open to that? What person is going to say no to that? See, we've misunderstood what irresistible offer means. And instead of offering something that, that is attractive and speaks to me and is exciting and, and, and innovate, I'm like, okay, what is this? Instead, now it's the offer that no one would ever say no to, but because everyone's offering it, I have no belief or trust in it. So when you open with that, I'm immediately turned off to it. So you get this thing. Uh, it says, it says, um, you know, how would an additional $10,000 a week sound? Then there's like the essay on, we've already done this. This one says we've already done $50 million in revenue for our clients. 
Uh, we work with them until they generate at least $30,000 from our custom system. Uh, I'd love to offer you a free, in all caps, 30-minute client acquisition strategy session. Drives me crazy. Um, if you're still skeptical, skeptical, one of our clients went from $0 to $37,800 a month in 90 days. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They did not. No, they didn't. Your client did not go from $0 to almost forty grand a month. Half a million dollars a year in 90 days. They did not go from nothing, no business, to half a million dollars. Uh, and then I get a couple of um, follow-up messages. Hey, Blake, we'll make sure you saw this. Uh, another one. Hey, Blake, want to make sure you know about the one coach who went from $0 to $20,400 uh, in 120 days. Uh, let me know and we can jump on a call to chat this through. So I get this kind of stuff all the time. It drives me crazy. And like I said, you probably get it too. It drives me crazy because, um, and I said this earlier, it, it goes against every concept of effective salesmanship and it goes against doing business well. Here's why. This is not someone who genuinely wants to help their customers. This is someone who has crafted a sales pitch that is attractive to someone who is desperate, who's looking for a quick fix to their business, and is wanting, most importantly, overnight success. Now, don't misunderstand me, because I really have an issue with like the grind mindset, the hustle mindset. Um, if somebody can be successful in 90 days, I have no issue with that. In fact, I hope that that's the case for you and your business. However, I will tell you, we have over 300 episodes on the podcast. We've had dozens and dozens of people come on the podcast. I cannot think of one successful business owner who's joined me on the show who tells a 90-day success story. Most people who've come on the podcast, now that I think of it, the multi-million dollar business owners who've come on the podcast, that's no exaggeration, people who've joined me on the show who run seven-figure-plus businesses, they tell a story, they tell an honest story about working freaking hard for six, seven, eight years before the business finally turned a corner, before it finally became what they wanted it to become. I think this is such a gut punch for many people who want to start a business because social media is inundated with these stories and you read it and you think, well, shoot, man, I can make, I can run an amazing business in 30 days. And this person says it in 90 days, it's doable. In 90 days, I could have a half a million dollar a year business. And I hate to say it, you probably can't. Not to be a downer, but you probably can't because there is so much nuance to doing business well. There's so much nuance to, to understanding what it is you really sell, to understanding what your customer's pain points are. Now, granted, I had someone who I talked to on the podcast that their husband had launched this really amazing consulting business and it had caught fire very quickly, like had caught on very quickly. And it was like, yeah, I mean... He had 20 plus years of experience in the industry with deep connections that he could leverage to kickstart his business. 
So if you have that, you can expect quick growth for your business. But if you don't have that, you should go in with clear expectations for what this is going to look like. Now, this isn't a podcast episode on, you know, anti-entrepreneurship or even anti-cold DMing. I mean, for some people it works, and I, I don't necessarily begrudge people for doing that. I do begrudge people when they cold DM for doing the same old, same old what everyone else is doing. You know, if you're going to cold DM pitch me, you can at least put in a little effort rather than a copy paste message. Um, hey, Blake, I read, I listened to your episode. You don't know me. I'd love a few minutes of your time. What have you, you know, that already stands apart from, you know, Hey Blake, did you know we work exclusively with coaches and consultants? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just, it's just that little amount of effort already goes a long way. But so I want to talk today about, let's get to what I really want to talk about today, which is understanding the mindset that will actually make you money in your business. Because some people think that making money in business is, ch is chasing these quick sales. How do I make money today? How do I do it today? And I, I, I empathize with that because you are trying to make a living. You're trying to make money. You're trying to survive and have the lifestyle that you want, maybe even provide for your family. So I don't begrudge anyone for feeling that way of how do I make cash today? But I want to tell you the secret. Here's how you make money long-term in your business. And the answer is not these copy-paste quick pitch DMs. The way you make money in your business is you become more passionate about your customers and solving their problems than having your needs met. Now understand something for a second. I'm not talking about being a sacrificial business owner. I'm not saying you are so altruistic, you offer everything for free, you heavily discount what it is you're actually worth, and you give everything away. I fully believe that you can make a difference and be passionate about making a difference and also get paid well. Like these things, these things are not mutually exclusive. But what I have found is that people who become obsessed even with helping their customers and getting better at serving their customers, those are the people who win long-term. So this conversation often comes up where and I see this on social media. Um, I have this conversation with people too on like, what kind of business should I start? You know, what kind of business should I be doing? What's going to make me money? And I always steer the conversation away from, uh, you know, the hidden gym only because they don't exist. Now I will say on social media, these things happen in phases. Like several years ago, it was drop shipping. It was where someone had the idea of if you could buy product from me, and then I could then order that product from a warehouse in China or wherever and have it shipped to you. The genius is that you're paying me a premium to ship this to you, even though I'm presenting it as it's like my store. It's like what I have, you know, but I, I don't actually have to ha have to hold any kind of I don't need a warehouse. I don't even have to have any kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm simply the middleman. 
Now, this became incredibly profitable for some people, so much so that it became a massive entrepreneurial trend, which you'll see on, you'd see on social media. You know, hey, I'm getting into drop shipping. Any advice? Yada yada. Uh, and and you can just know every few years there's going to be a new thing that people jump on. Hey, this is the easiest way to make money. And all I got to tell you is making real good money in a way that isn't exhausting is all about understanding why you get into business in the first place. For me, that is to help people. I want to help people. I want to make a difference. It's what drives me. It's what literally energizes me and wakes me up in the morning. So what I then have to do is figure out how do I channel that energy and drive into something that I can also monetize. And I think this is such a weird, I mentioned earlier, it's not mutually exclusive. I think it's such a weird thing because I, I do think people will guilt you for wanting both. In fact, in, in, you may work a nine to five job where you might have a boss who guilts you for it. I knew a, a friend of mine who was owed uh, a bonus at the end of the year, and she, shockingly, wasn't given the bonus, even though she had met every checkbox that was given to her that said, you know, hey, if you do these things, you'll get your bonus. She did those things. In fact, she did way over those things. Like She had to sell a certain amount of money. She sold like 10 times that amount of money. And basically, they came back and said, hey, you know what? We're growing. We're scaling. We don't have the time to give this bonus to you. Maybe next year we can revisit it. And when she pressed, they said, well, I mean, we're trying to change some things here. We're trying to grow our business to help our customers more. Like, don't you see the value in that? And now I don't know if the boss was consciously being manipulative, but this is an, this is an age old corporate manipulative tactic don't you care about the team? Don't you care about our customers? Uh, I had a friend who worked at a nonprofit. And when she asked for a raise, well, don't you care about our kids? Like, don't you care about the kids we're serving? Like, I, I think this is a very slimy tactic where people, they equal making money with being evil and making a difference with being this mission missionary, um, you know, it's like, you don't have to be a missionary in your business. You know, you're not, your job isn't to, it's like, if I'm going to change the world, if I'm going to change my NWA area, if I'm going to make a difference where I'm at, like I have to do it in a way where, you know, I, I, in fact, I, I remember this guy I talked to, uh, it's probably about four, probably three or four years ago who was also running a coaching business. And we were just like swapping stories about like how, how, how excited we were to make a difference. And like the, when you have that one customer whose life has just changed, like they, they get it in their business, you can see it in their business and like how energizing that is. And so then we eventually got on the topic of, of, of what we charge and pay. And, you know, it's, and this has always been something that I'm, I'm constantly working out. And so I was chatting with him about like, what do you, what do you charge? What does it look like? And he was like, and this was, I guess this was pre-COVID. Um, this would have been probably like 2019. And I said, well, you know, what do you charge? And he said, oh, I charge, I charge 200 bucks. And I said, wow. Okay. Um, so 200 bucks a, a meeting. And he was like, well, no, the, the coaching package is 20 bucks. And I was uh, me 200 bucks. And I said, oh, wow. So the whole package is 200 bucks. Well, what, what is that? Is that like a couple of meetings or and like it's 20 meetings. And I said, 
Wait, so you charge $200 and they get 20 sessions, 20 hour sessions with you. And he was like, yeah, but they also sometimes get extra sessions. So it can be anywhere from 20 to 30 sessions. And I was like, I mean, first of all, in hindsight, there's no way this guy was making any real money. And this had to have been like a side hustle. It's the only way I can think of it. But I was like, so when you do the math, they're paying you $10 an hour to meet with you. And he said, he literally just, just let it go right from that moment. He said, yes, Blake, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I am so stressed out and stretched and I'm miserable. And I thought, yeah, I mean, your, <laughs> your rate's insane. This is crazy. So, but that's, that's often, I think, where we go when we think about doing work that matters is that it has to be cheap. It has to be, it has to be giving to people. But like when you understand the long game of it, I'm willing to ask for the sale today and I'm willing to charge what I'm worth today because I know that financing opens up doors for me to impact more people later on. I, there was a, uh, a nonprofit I really liked. Um, in fact, they were one, they're, they're, they've probably been one of my best customers in the last several years, but they operate frankly better than most businesses I've talked to. Uh, very, just a high level of business sense in this nonprofit, which isn't always the case. So we were talking about um, their revenue and the money they were making, and I was complimenting uh, the CEO on her perspective. I just was like, man, you have such a great sense for um, the money you're bringing in, like how you're utilizing and all these things. And she said, you know, well, and I, I'm assuming this is probably a common phrase in the, in the nonprofit world, but I had never heard it before. But she said, Blake, without money, there's no mission. And it always stuck with me. It just clicked immediately. I said, yeah, you're totally right. She's like, yeah, without money, we're not able to fulfill the mission that we want to accomplish. And I think sometimes as people, especially when you're really, man, when you're really heart oriented, you're really impact focused. That is the philosophy that we often miss because we think to make a difference, we have to be so holistic and pure to that, that making money is wrong. Now, not to backpedal on this, I do think there are dangers with making too much money and being obsessed with money. And there have been times in my life where I've been overly focused on the budget and the money I'm bringing in, where I've missed the sweetness of the day, you know, the fullness of life. So I do think there, there is some, there's something there that's worth thinking about. But often the conversation I have with younger business owners, younger meaning they're, they're newer to the game, is this guilt complex around making money. Is it okay? Am I allowed to do it? See, when you find yourself in that sweet spot of charging what you're worth and also being deeply passionate about your customers, Man, I think when both of those things align, that is when you run a business that's truly successful because it's no longer fully about you. Now you didn't get into business to make a quick buck. 
you got into business to make a difference. So you're spending that time learning your customers, talking to your customers, learning their pain points and deeply wanting to solve them. But at the same time, you're charging what you're worth. You're making the money you should be making so that your dream, your impact, your vision can continue to grow. So you'll always know, I think when you're too far on either sides of those things, I think when you go too deeply down the money side of it, you know, you reduce your business to these cold, these DM pitches, you know, just trying to make a quick buck because it's all about the money. Uh, and then when you go too heavily into, um, I'm just going to help whoever I can, no matter, no matter if I make any money, um, you know, you might make a big difference for six months, but then when you're out of money and you're broke, well, I guess the dream dies. So something to think about today. All this to say, think about why are you in business? Why are you in business? Why do you do what you do? What's your end game? And are you making sure your business is appropriately aligned with those two things? Hey, that's today's good advice. I want to appreciate you guys for listening today. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Man, I hope it was helpful today. Um, don't forget, hey, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you're following it, you're subscribed to it. Uh, you can also support the podcast on our Patreon, patreon.com slash good advice. And if you're a business owner and you want your business talked about how amazing it is at the start of an episode, uh, shoot me an email, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com to chat about some advertising on the pod. Um, all that to say, that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.